Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Here she is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you're in the right place. We always tell you, and it's always true, because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from Coca Sexton. He was actually on one of our shows a couple years ago. Uh, He is a leading mind of social selling. I like that. That's different from thought leadership, a leading mind. And here is his quote. Listen up. This is very important. The idea that social selling is dead or dying is a bit over-exaggerated. Cold calling should be dead. Well, there, you heard it from Coca Sexton. So what are we talking about today? In conversations about what we call ABM, account-based marketing, we keep hearing that cold calling is dead. We hear that email is dead. Who wants to get email after email? Who's going to respond? What is your title of your subject line? Who's going to even care? And we hear that social selling, which we're calling digital selling, is also dead. True? False? Some of it? All of it? Well, the answer is, it depends. Not exactly what you wanted to hear. What's the key to the success of any channel? It's what we call rocket fuel. It's your content. What are you telling people? What are you delivering to them? What are you making them aware of that's new or helpful or inspiring or any of those? What resonates? What's relevant? What's timely? That's a tall order to talk about when you're talking about content. Well, timely, targeted, and relevant messages can help you break into your target accounts, break into them politely, of course, and with interest, and drive ongoing buyer engagement in a range of channels. So are they all dead? Probably not. It's how you use them, what you use them for. We have a panel of three experts who are going to talk about definitively, are we burying any of these? And if so, what would replace that email that we don't want to use anymore? What would replace digital selling? What would replace any of these? So we'll be talking about that today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. I have a big announcement at the end of the show, so you want to listen all the way through. I promise it will be very interesting. My three panelists today are Paul Slack, founder and chief strategist at Vendi Social. Spells his company V-E-N-D-E. Next word, social. We're welcoming Tom Martin, the founder of Converse, Digital, that's the word converse, like a conversation with an emphasis on verse. And we're welcoming Sherelle Robinson-Brown. I have her title finally, and this is quite a title, listen up. Head of Global Gamification for Digital Selling at SAP. There's a poetry in that title, Sherelle, I love it. I don't know how big your business card has to be for a long title, but I want to tell our, our listeners that these three wonderful, smart thought leaders on digital selling and everything in terms of channels were with me on the air about two months ago on March 19th on our series called Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio presented by SAP. They were so smart, so savvy, so interesting that I invited them to join me here on our biggest show, Coffee Break with Game Changers. So welcome to Paul, Tom, and Sherelle. Let's get started with the quote that Paul Slack has sent me. He's got a quote from the movie Cool Hand Luke. 
1967 American prison drama film directed by Stuart Rosenberg, starring Paul Newman and featuring George Kennedy, who won an Oscar for his performance. Paul Newman starred in the title role of Luke, a prisoner in a Florida prison camp who refused to submit to the system. If you haven't seen it, it will be worth your while. It was selected for the National Film Registry by the U.S. Library of Congress, considering it culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant back in 2005. So here's the quote. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Paul Slack, I love the quote. I, I, I think that should be my mantra whenever I meet people and we don't, we don't see eye to eye at something. What we've got here is failure to communicate. How are you, Paul Slack? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the show again. And uh, I love Paul Newman movies to begin with. I thought he was just, uh, before he made Solid Dressing, he was quite the actor. And uh, that's one of my favorite movies. And I think it's kind of appropriate with our topic today, um, especially when we're thinking about social selling. Um, It seems like there's failure to communicate all over the place. Uh, How sales reps are trying to communicate with prospects in social media. Uh, But probably just as important is, uh, marketing departments and sales departments not communicating very well together. And, you know, and I think that quote, I think of uh, Paul Newman playing, uh, you know, Luke, he's kind of cocky and he's kind of sarcastic, and sometimes that's what salespeople feel like to the marketers, but we're not going to be successful in social selling unless we're all working together. Very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about from the inside out approach, Paul. When and you mentioned this, when a company goes to its digital sellers, social sellers, and says, "Okay, here's your quota, or here's the number of people we want you to connect with, the number of accounts we want you to open up, use any channel you want, just damn it, do it." Uh, is there a failure to communicate in that? Is that mantra? Is that mantra dead now? Is that mandate dead, Paul? Does it have to be more nuanced than that? You know, I think a big part of it is training. Um, I don't mm-hmm. I think it's hard to go and say, you know, hey, sales, digital seller, here's your quota. You've got to go connect with 10 people a day on LinkedIn. And, um, you've got to go do these kind of tactical things to be successful. I think really what you need to do is train a salesperson on how to just be an effective communicator, going back to the quote, um, using digital channels because – Sales reps are good communicators, so they wouldn't be sales reps. They just need to learn how to transcend that communication skill onto a digital platform, I think. Very interesting. We have a lot to talk about. Paul, thank you. I love the quote. I, I, I think it's it's so big that we could use it to, to actually to, to uh, headline a couple of shows we do on this type of a topic. What we've got here is failure to communicate in, in so many levels. Thank you so much, Paul. Welcome back. Let's move around the table to Tom Martin at Converse Digital. And he has also sent us a movie quote. Here's a quote from Lou Mannheim, character in the 1987 film Wall Street, uh, played by Hal Holbrook. Very, very interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Here is the quote. Listen up, everyone. This is a long one. Man looks in the abyss. There's nothing staring back at him. At that moment, man finds his character, and that is what keeps him out of the abyss. Tom Martin, you've got to detangle, unpack this one for me. How are you, Tom? I am pretty good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Talk to me about this quote. How does it relate to our topic today? Well, it actually, I think, relates really uh, quite well. Um, um, I Actually, it was actually the topic uh, that I wrote about today on our blog, the, the quote and kind of what it means for salespeople. But I think what it means about today is, is that salespeople 
number one, often find themselves looking into the abyss. You know, your 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 current deals are putting up objection after objection. You're, you you can't seem to get people to move down the pipeline. You're uh, not really having a lot of success with your with your prospecting. That that ten leads a day you're supposed to connect with on LinkedIn isn't happening. They're not connecting back with you. Maybe your current deals are falling apart a little bit, and you can wake up and and you're like, holy crap, I am just I'm lost. I I don't know where to go next. And it's a pretty dark and scary place. And I think that a lot of salespeople uh, have it uh, more than they would like to maybe uh, admit, but. What happens when you get into that place is how am I going to get unlost? And for far too many, I think the way they get unlost is all of that that you talked about in the intro, the cold calling, the cold emailing, Mm -hmm. the cold LinkedIn outreach, et cetera. And unfortunately, I would disagree with with Kona. I don't think any of that is dead, unfortunately. I wish it was, but based (laughs) on, on the impounds I'm getting, it's not. What I wish, though, would die is the bad usage of that. But I think mm-hmm. that's what happens. I think salespeople look into this abyss, nothing's there. And kind of to Paul's point of training, they don't know any other way out of the abyss. They don't know any other way to get lost. So they just start dialing for dollars and they start yeah. connecting with as many people as they can on LinkedIn. And it's, and it's done very poorly and leads to that failure to communicate because I, you, and everyone else just ignores it. There's plenty of technology in place to make it easy for us to ignore it, and we do. And and that's the thing is I think that salespeople have to understand that you're going to have those days where the abyss is there, and it's dark and scary, and it frankly sucks. But it's part of the deal. It's just it's what you signed up for. But what you have to learn and, and what companies need to train salespeople and sales teams in how to do is how do I get unlocked? How do I create momentum and how do I create motion and how do I create wins in a way that's going to be, you know, quicker, easier, more pleasant for both parties, seller and buyer. uh, And so that I don't have to resort to these tried and not so successful Mm -hmm. historical methodologies that we all agree we hate, including the salespeople who are doing them. Interesting. And and that really takes us back to the cool hail Luke quote that Paul Slack gave us. What we've got here is failure to communicate. What do we really want to say? How do we want to say it? What should be dead? I, I don't know. We talk a lot about whether cold calling should be dead. And often on these shows, and I think Sherelle will probably remember, we end up saying, well, not necessarily, but it's how you do it. It's, it's at what point in the cycle you do it. When do you introduce yourself? And, and I think today we can also explore in this conversation on the show today, we can explore whether person personalized videos, those 60-second gems that people are doing to introduce themselves, whether those can replace the cold call. Ah, there's an idea. We'll get to that. Tom Martin, thank you so much for joining me today, and we're, we're very happy to have you back. And now I have summoned Ms. Brown, Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP. And Sherelle has sent us a quote from somebody I've never heard of before. His name is Sunday Adelaja. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's a young man, born in 1967 in Nigeria. I think he's young. He's the founder and senior pastor of the Embassy of the Blessed Kingdom of God for All Nations. It's an a- evangelical charismatic megachurch, that's a new term, and a Christian denomination in Kiev, Ukraine. He was honored to be on the first page article, a first page article in the Wall Street Journal in 2006. He opened the U.S. Senate in prayer in April of 2007, and he spoke twice at the U.N. that year in 2007. So he is known around the world, first time I've ever heard his name, and here's the quote Sherelle has selected. Invest your evaporating time and leave a legacy behind 
for future generations. Sherelle Robinson-Brown, how are you? I'm fine, Bonnie. It's such a pleasure to be back on the show. How are you? I'm very well. Everybody's asking me how I am. I'm great. I love talking to really smart people. So when I get on the radio with you, Sherelle, and Tom and Paul, I'm, I'm, it's just a glorious day for me, and that's, that's the truth. So thank you for asking. So talk to me about this quote. We're talking email, cold calling, social selling. Are they dead? Now you've got a quote about leaving a legacy behind. So you've got to connect the breadcrumbs for me, please. So the breadcrumbs, I think connecting them is when you leave a legacy behind, there's some sort of proof that you've done something significant and life-changing for someone. And cold calling is just not going to do that. No one's going to remember a phone call, and if they do, there's no proof of that phone call, right? My husband and I were just talking to our 16-year-old daughter about the proof that social leaves behind. And it can be good proof, or it could be something that can change your life in a bad way. So what you need to do is you need to use the social channels and the digital channels that we have and leave a legacy behind for future generations. So while you may not be here anymore, everything that you've done, everything that you've contributed can still be cataloged in some sort of way on some digital channel somewhere. Interesting. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And tell me something. Are there any heroes in the digital selling, I'll call it the niche or the the category today, uh, it, not just in terms of people meeting or exceeding their quota, but are, are there any people who are really making strides today in terms of leaving a legacy as the leaders of this method of selling? Sherelle, anybody come to mind? I know I quoted Coca Sexton in the beginning, but other than people who teach and say this is the way to do it, is anybody really outstanding in how they're using social selling in particular? Yeah, and I don't think from a salesperson closing uh, deals quota perspective, but the people that are leaving legacies, particular for me, are Sir Richard Branson and Elon Musk. I think those guys are really, really making it a turning point. And what they're doing is they're sharing their life stories, and people are making connections with them that way. And that's the best way to leave an indelible mark on someone's psyche. Interesting. I like the idea of an indelible mark. That's what we're looking for rather than a passing annoy, a fleeting annoyance, right? Oh, please. <laughs> anyway, I had somebody contact me on LinkedIn today telling me that she had uh, instructional videos. I don't even remember her name. Instructional videos on how to make a successful webinar. And I thought to myself, why is she telling me that I host podcasts, which are instead of webinars that are very successful with millions of people around the world listening? What exactly was she trying to sell me? I don't know. So I replied politely. I probably should have ignored it, but it was an uninformed outreach. And there you go. We also have, hey, digital selling via messaging on LinkedIn, don't we, Sherelle? That's another way people are reaching yeah. out today. Absolutely. Um, LinkedIn is a great way to reach out. And again, you have to conduct that listening piece to find out what your audience wants, and then you post the content about it. There you go. So thank you very much. Let's go around the table and get to know our panelists a little bit better. Paul Slack at Vendy Social, where are you today? We'd love to know what you love to drink that makes you happy and that wonderful smile in your PR photo. And what is up, what's new with you at Vendy Social, please? And what does your company do? Well, I'm sitting here in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, in my home office. Wednesdays are my days to work at home, uh, having a wonderful Texas thunderstorm as we are on the phone. 
and mm. uh, that happens a lot down here in Texas. But uh, Vindy Social is a full service, full service digital agency. We work primarily with B two B companies, and we help them uh, execute uh, social selling campaigns, digital marketing campaigns, uh, work with sales teams to help them learn how to nurture leads through the funnel, um, all those types of things. Primarily working with companies here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're a little boutique agency with uh, 13 employees and really love working with all of our clients here. Um, My favorite beverage is not one that I can drink right now. I'm having a a big old glass of water because I'll probably go work out a little bit later on today. It's one of the good things I get to do when I work at home. Uh, Mm -hmm. My favorite beverage, though, is craft uh, beer. So whenever mm. I go into a town, I love to go find the local brewery and uh, go to sample some of their craft beer. In fact, 20 years ago when I lived in St. Louis, um, I was actually a home brewer because I love doing that so much. And it's really? Hard to do that in Texas. <laughs> yep. So uh, I kind of gave that up when I moved to Texas 20 years ago, but uh, I still love to sample other people's uh, craft beer. So that's kind of my favorite beverage. Interesting. Did you have a, a special label on your craft beer, Paul? Was there was it the Slack beer or was it uh, Paul's Best or, or what? Did you call it something? Did you bottle it? We actually, I, I made it with my brother, and so we called it Slack Brothers Brewery. And uh, the Love only it. people that really ever slam, uh, sampled it, though, were you know family members and, and close friends. But uh, my favorite beer to make back then was a Heffy Bison, which is a uh, unfiltered wheat beer. Um, kind of an acquired taste, but uh, but I love all craft beers. Well, that's good to know. Thank you, Paul. I think that's something we didn't know about you from before. So there's, there's some new information. Fascinating. Thank you. Maybe we'll have to do a show on the art of craft beers, whether you should or shouldn't. Go visit a brewery, buy theirs, or try it at home. You know, the old, uh, when the, you have uh, stunts on TV or in the movies and a little text appears on the bottom, do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah, well, invite me back to that, Bonnie. <laughs> You'll be my lead panelist on that one, dear. Absolutely. You inspired that topic. Thank you very much. Tom Martin, we're moving around the table toward you. Tom, where are you today? What do you love to drink? And what's new with you at Converse Digital? Uh, Well, I am, like Paul, in my office. It is not raining, thank God, here in New Orleans, Louisiana, though. Whatever they get over in Texas, we usually get 24 hours later, so I have something to look forward to. Uh, I am also not drinking my favorite beverage, which would be bourbon, but I've heard that it's frowned upon to begin drinking bourbon at 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> so I'm sticking with coffee for the time being. Call me in five or six hours. That may change. <laughs> Probably will. Um, as far as uh, what we're doing, what we do, uh, we like Paul, we have a, it's a boutique uh, firm uh, based out of New Orleans. We do work around uh, the nation, and we've been known to go across uh, a couple of ponds. Here and there, uh, we help companies both in the B2C as well as B2B world uh, turn conversations into customers. And so we work with our clients, sometimes actually managing things on their behalf or helping their teams understand, uh, be they marketing or sales teams, how to use predominantly digital tools to really connect with uh, a prospective buyer or prospective customer uh, in, a, in a real and meaningful and human manner. And then, you know, how do you take that connection once it's made and how do you eventually lift it and turn it and twist it and leverage it uh, to turn that person into either, you know, a customer or what we call a social agent, which is somebody who may do business with you. They may not, 
uh, but they'll tell everyone else to do business with you. And so they can actually become one of the most powerful customers who, in some cases, never do business with you. Uh, mm. But they're a great source of passionate referrals. They really believe in your company and your brand, and they want you to, to succeed. So we've been doing it for nine years. Uh, gosh, last week was our nine-year anniversary. So uh, hopefully we'll get nine or ten more out of it before I'm done. Sounds like you will. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Sherelle Robinson-Brown, what's new with you at SAP? I love your head of global gamification of digital, for digital selling. You have to, first of all, tell me what your title does, then tell me where you are and what you love to drink. I want to go with the title first. Okay, so basically, Bonnie, I am in charge of, from a global perspective, supporting all of my regional colleagues in helping to gamify digital selling. So, Everybody doesn't embrace the methodology as much as we'd like to do it. So basically, we put a little bit of bribe or, or incentive behind that. No, no mm-hmm. I'm just joking. I like incentive um, better. <laughs> we little, yeah, we put a little bit of incentive behind that and, and gamify it. So if we want to change a specific behavior, those will be the contest regulations. We want people to start to log their... Um, you know, leads more and we, whatever we want to change, those are the regulations, the contest. And then normally the top three to five people will be winners of some awesome prize that we have. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Now tell me, where are you right now and what do you love to drink? Right now I'm sitting in the new town square office here at SAP. It's a very dreary, uncomfortably cool day. I have my student co-op from Germantown Academy. Her name is Julia Johnson, and she's a graduating senior going to St. John's in Queens, New York. She's going to be majoring in the communications. Wonderful. So being on today's show is awesome. It's an awesome addition to her day. I'm teaching her all about digital selling for the next two weeks. Wonderful. Well, she couldn't have a better teacher. By the way, tell her St. John's is a great place to go to school. I come from New York, and I I know a lot of people who went to St. John's, and I know where it is in Queens. I used to pass it many times on my way back and forth to a friend's house and to go dancing in areas in in Flushing. And um, she's she's at a very good school, so please tell her I said hello from a a dyed-in-the-wool New Yorker. I may be in Durham, North Carolina, but I'm... Still always going to be a New Yorker, no matter where I may roam. Thank you, Sherelle. That's great. And uh, I'm, I know you're doing good work with her, and she's got a really good teacher. So she's very, very fortunate to be working with you. There's a little shout-out to you. Uh, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm here in Durham, North Carolina, as I said. We, we've we narrowed the temperature range here from a 40-degree spread on an average day a couple weeks ago, let's say starting at 40, going up to 80. And now we're mostly 60 to 80, something like that. So we're about a 20-degree range. Everything is in full blue. Bloom. The summer heat has started. We have the frog concert at night. I live on a pond, and you can actually hear the all night long. And we have frogs on the back porch. It's very interesting. And uh, we got rid of the, the the green pollen dust. Lasted about two weeks, and that's over with. So allergy season is over, and everything is lovely here. I'm not allowed to have caffeinated beverages on radio show days, and you all know why. So I'm drinking cool, clear water. But I switched from my cool, clear mug to a black and white floral mug that's very, very pretty that I found in the closet with a little straw in it. And by the way, I've been uh, informed by local radio and by TV shows that shouldn't have plastic straws anymore. They just gunk up the oceans and they gunk up the fish and even swimmers are 
finding that they're a problem keeping afloat with with a sea full of straws. So we got to go to paper straws. There's my little pitch for for being ecologically sound and environmentally appropriate. So when these straws run out, I'm going out and getting paper straws. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. If you're just tuning in, this is Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP, and I will give you a little sneak peek at my announcement. Starting on June 5th, Coffee Break will morph into a brand new series, wait for it, wait for it, called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. And I will be speaking with A-list thought leaders on topics like the future of food and fashion and automotive and digital selling and the future of the future and the future of everything you could think of, supply chain and doing business and you name it, uh, 5G, future of entertainment, future of education, future of work, future of HR, everything you can think of, all of the topics we've covered here on Coffee Break over the years will be taking a brand new focus. The show will be similarly formatted, but just a little different. So I want my listeners around the world to know we will be continuing Coffee Break under a new name starting June 5th. So stick with me. You're in for a treat. I promise some great guests. And we'll be announcing the new show formally on May 29th here on Coffee Break with, with a panel that will help us look into the future of the future of the future is now. So very excited about that change. So we're going to take a quick break, 90 seconds. That's all we're going to take. So whatever you're doing, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at VoiceAMBusiness. Again, that's at VoiceAMBusiness. And stay current. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 
Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And we're back with a panel of three experts. Our topic today is very important to you, whether you're in the selling business, the selling niche, B2B selling, B2C selling. We're talking about our email, cold calling, and digital selling dead. And we're finding out that it's really about the content and the approach, the authenticity, who you are, what you're trying to convey that can be helpful or inspiring to someone, not so much about the channel. My three exceptional guests are Paul Slack at Vendy Social, V-E-N-D-E, Tom Martin at Converse Digital, and Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP. We're going to kick off the roundtable, as my late wonderful mother used to say, in earnest. I dated a man named Ernest once, and she said yes, but was he sincere? It was a one-time date, what can I tell you? So I'll never forget that phrase from my beautiful mother, Ruth. And we're going to start off the roundtable with Paul Slack at Vendy Social. And uh, Paul has the following to say. Social selling is going to be as big as the Internet was to business 20 years ago. Why? Because social has fundamentally shifted how humans interact with one another. People don't buy from companies. They buy from humans who care. Love the statement, Paul Slack. Why don't you expand it for us, and then we'll see what Tom and Sherelle have to say. You you bet. So uh, one of the interesting things, I've been in the digital space for a long time. In fact, I started getting uh, involved in the Internet in the mid-'90s. I I jokingly sometimes say that, you know, right after Al Gore invented the Internet, I was right there behind him kind of helping businesses uh, think about (laughs) the Internet, you know, and what they needed to do with it. And, Bonnie, you wouldn't believe it, but back in the late-'90s, again, very B2B-centric my whole career, I was talking to businesses about, you need to get online. You need a website. And they would tell me often, Paul, I don't need a website. You know, I've got sales reps in all the right markets. We go to all the right trade shows. We've got brochures on everything. Why do I need to be online? Why do I need a website? And obviously, fast forward to 2019, and we all know that every business needs to be on the Internet. And to me, social selling and social media is that next big wave because of the, the statement that you read. And that is that it's fundamentally shifted the way that we interact with one another. I mean, next time you go to a restaurant, you know, look around and what do we see? And it's a bunch of people looking at their phones instead of interacting with one another. And you may think, well, that's really sad. And and I would agree with you, but the reality is that's what we're doing. We're looking at our phones a lot today. And 50% of the time that we're on our phones, just about, what are we doing? We're, We're looking at social media. And so... You know, it's interesting because the topic of today's show is all about is social selling dead, is email marketing dead? I would say quite the opposite. It's just a new marketing communication channel. And, you know, some of the things that, you know, Tom was talking about earlier is it's about the way that we interact within the channel. We can't be spammy. I mean, spammy is never good, right? It's, it's not something that we want in email. It's not something that we want in social media. But we have to use this channel as a communication tool leading with value and really understanding um, that as an individual, we're like personal media companies, right? Just like ABC or NBC or Fox or whatever, choose your poison. You know, we're a media company and Mm -hmm. um, our viewers are our connections. And our job is to lead with value and give something to them that's going to make their day better, make their life better, help them make informed decisions, whatever the case may be. And when we can get our head around that, that it's just another channel of communication where we can lead with value and help shepherd people along in a decision process or point them in the right direction, um, that that's really what our job is. And, and that if we can embrace that, we can be successful in selling online. 
Very well put. Thank you very much. Let's move around the table. Tom Martin at Converse Digital. Agree or disagree with what Paul said about social fundamentally changing how we interact with people? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I don't think it fundamentally changes, uh, you know, at its basis, any communication platform, whether it's social or email or text or phone, uh, is a is a tool by which you can facilitate a conversation with another individual, another person, you know, no, no different than face to face. And, you know, the only difference with social and email and so forth is, is that conversation can be asynchronous, um, which, you know, kind of changes maybe the dynamics a little bit, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, as, as we tell all the clients that we work with, uh, social selling is really not about selling via a platform or new platforms, which unfortunately is how it's been defined. Social selling mm-hmm. is really teaching people how to sell by being social. And that is, I think, fundamentally different. That is wholly different than um, what most salespeople have been taught their entire careers because when you're selling by being social, uh, you're in much more of a helping and a giving mindset. Um, it's less transactional. It's much more relationship-oriented. You're playing for the long ball, not the, not the short sale. And that, I think, is fundamentally different. Uh, and, and it requires salespeople to really step back and, and just, at a very base level, alter their entire mindset for how they approach prospects uh, how they approach their current customers to generate additional sales opportunities, et cetera. Uh, and it, it, because it requires you to just engage in a very different way, a much more authentic, um, vulnerable way than, than what they've been taught over the last 50 or 100 years. Hmm, interesting. I, I want to go to Sherelle, but I want to find out after Sherelle speaks, I want to go back to Paul Slack and see what you say, what your comments are about what Tom just shared. But Sherelle, what do you think? Okay, I, I just want to kind of piggyback off of what um, Tom just said. You know, because people have to engage in a different manner, the, the fear of rejection is what makes social or digital channels so daunting. And, and that's the bottom line, right? Because if people knew that they were going to be successful, they knew they were going to be welcome, their content welcome with open arms, and there was going to be no room for criticism, whether constructive or unfair or however we do it, um, there would be no fear. It would be more embraced and it would be more widely used than it is now. And so I think that everything around digital selling, digital marketing, all of that resistance is due to a failure to, I'm sorry, the fear of rejection, fear of failure. And if people Hmm. knew and embraced that and said, you know what, everybody's not going to like my content Everybody's not going to like me, the way I look, the way I speak. Um, and we, we learn to reprogram ourselves for that. Then I think we would have a higher level of engagement on that in, in digital selling in general. Very interesting. Paul Slack, join us again. What do you think? Some interesting comments from your co-panelists today. Talk to me. Yeah, I, I appreciate all the comments. And I think... Um, you know, actually not too far off from, from all of our thinking here because, you know, at the end of the day, I think a good salesman is somebody that knows how to solve problems and knows how to be, as Tom, you were saying, a social, being social. Um, I think back to the early days when I was, you know, formally trained as a sales guy. That was my first job back in, you know, in the 
early 90s as uh, selling technology hardware. And one of the best pieces of advice that was ever given to me was by the, my trainer. And he said, you know, Paul, if you never want to worry about making your quota uh, again, or would you be interested in learning how to do that? And I'm like, absolutely. He said, basically, go solve as many problems as you can for as many people as you can, and you'll never have to worry about your quota. And I took that to heart. And for the 10 years that I was a salesperson, um, it worked. You know, I just went around and met a lot of people and networked a lot and solve problems, and sometimes that meant using my solutions to solve problems. Sometimes it meant sending them to a better com- a competitor that could solve their problem in a better way. And so when I think of social selling, I've already got kind of have that social mindset. And when I look at social sites like let's just take LinkedIn, you know, I get excited because it is, to me, the biggest networking opportunity of all time for me to go meet people and to help them. And sometimes I help them by selling them my services, and sometimes I might help mm-hmm. them by sending them to Tom, who might be a better, uh, better equipped to, to help them. So, in a way, I think we're saying the same things. We're just looking at it on different sides of the coin. Interesting, Tom. Do you want to uh, comment back to Paul before we move on? Because I'm ready to pick, pull up some notes here from you, Tom. But anything you want to say back to Paul? Go ahead. No, I, I think Paul. I think Paul nails it. Is that? Um, you know, the nice thing about the social platforms is they really do give you an opportunity to have a network at scale that really heretofore was unknown. I mean, you just could not network with as many people as easily and as quickly uh, via any type of, of one-to-one tools like phone or email or such. And that really does give you this incredible power. I mean, for me, it was Twitter. Uh, I was early adopter, you know, eight, nine, ten mm-hmm. years ago. And... Uh, you know, back then it was much more of a conversational medium than I think it is today and, and really, you know, allowed me to build an incredibly large network of really smart people um, very, very quickly. And so I think he's absolutely right. That's the power. But but in that networking, it was always by being social. It was by being, you know, friendly and not mm-hmm. just trying to say, hey, how can you help me? And what can I what can I gain from this transaction or this conversation? Yeah, spamming never works, no matter what channel. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's if, right. If you get involved and try to spam you, it's not going to work. That's right. I've and been getting a lot of... That, spamming, Go ahead, spamming will Go ahead. be a direct result of you getting some uh, a high level of rejection. People do not like spamming. And you, can, yep. you have to really know what you're talking about and how to engage with a customer. Because I can't tell you how many times a day I get letters from people who say, oh, I want to talk to you about, you know, HR at SAP, and they've just picked off some keyword on my profile, and they haven't been mm-hmm. listening to what I've been saying. No clue. So they think that I'm the right person, and I, I can't, I, it, that irks me. Well, what, what irks me is I'm starting to get, quote, unquote, social messages on LinkedIn where somebody will send me messages, hi, how are you today? And I'm thinking, okay, is this turning into a dating site or just a hi? Or, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, block this person as fast as possible and don't even deal with them. There's no message. There's no content. It's nothing. I don't know if it's a flirt, if it's a scam. I just, I don't trust them. That, to me, doesn't belong on LinkedIn. I know we used to have panelists on on this show and on the social selling show a few years ago, Sherelle, who would say, some of the women said they were getting dating offers on on LinkedIn. I was on that show. I remember that. You remember? I maxed out. Yeah, I remember people have maxed out the spamming on the Facebooks and the more intimate social channels. Yeah. And so they're going to the big ones like um, the more professional ones 
yes. to see who they can catch fishing or fishing. That's right. One of the women said she was getting a, hey, you're so beautiful. Are you free Friday night on LinkedIn? It was like, no, we're not going to go there. That's not why we're here. Thank you for that little sidebar. Tom Martin, I'm looking at your notes here. Let's get down to some definitions here. You say sales is all about the three P's, proximity, presence, and preference. Social selling platforms, approaches, and digital tools in general allow salespeople to create that all-important proximity. Keep going with that. T- talk to me about that. It, are people aware of this? Is this is this a teachable moment, Tom Martin at Converse Digital, for people to know proximity, presence, and preference? Talk to me. Yeah, I, I think the, the 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 part with social selling that everybody understands is the proximity. They realize that these platforms allow you to have a lot of proximity with prospects. I can build a list of people. In Hootsuite, that are have Twitter handles that I, you know, people I want to follow. I can see what they send and share. I can comment on it or like it. Same with LinkedIn and groups and so forth. I can create a lot of proximity to uh, to my target audience. Uh, I think where most people fail is the presence piece. They're so busy creating proximity that they fail to be present in those conversations. And so, and you can see this, like if people will comment to you on your blog or on your LinkedIn post and stuff, it's very topical. It's short. Uh, there's not a lot of thought. It's not really trying to get you to engage and, and come back from their comment with another comment. They're not really trying to, to dialogue with you. Uh, they're, they're just focused on establishing proximity and saying, hey, here I am. See me. If you need me, call me. Uh, that presence piece is the piece I think so many people are missing. And, it, and it's the linchpin because proximity without presence is just awareness. And awareness gets you into a Google search, which might help your competitor more than you. Proximity with presence, well, that mm-hmm. creates preference. And that's the third P because that's your goal nowadays, I think. I grew up in the ad business. Top of mind awareness was always what we were trying to generate. It's what we tracked. It's what we you know, flew our flags on, today I think it has to be top of mind preference. When your competitor or your is there the option to go to your competitor or get their information is literally a thumb tap away on a phone, you really need to establish preference with a prospect before they go into the buying cycle. So that, you know, maybe you can be a single source solution for them. Or if they're in a world that has to RFP or they, they have to get multiple bids, you know, they're gonna invite you in, but you're gonna already come in sort of top of stack. They know they wanna do business with you, but they've got this process that requires them to look at other people. And you know, nowadays with as competitive as the world can be, you know, that little edge of preference can really make the difference between you closing the deal or getting a new customer or client and not. And I think that that is but that all goes back to the presence piece. It all goes to I loved uh, Cheryl's comment about vulnerability and, and the role that that plays in really creating presence is huge. And salespeople, unfortunately, aren't taught to be that way. And if we can reteach mm-hmm. them how to how to how to work like that, how to how to really truly connect in a somewhat vulnerable way, it's magical. Once they do it, it's magical because all of a sudden, you know, they're maybe talking to less people, but they're converting more of them. Everybody's happy. Everybody's making more money, and we're all you know enjoying life a little bit more. Thank you. I leaders like that. I like. Go ahead, Sherelle. Go ahead. Leaders, yeah, leaders. Leaders are basically making their decisions on what's easier and not what customers want. So, if you're a sales leader, you need to be demanding of your your team. Like, what? How, how can we be customer centric? How can we be customer obsessed? Like, we need to sell to people the way they want to buy, the way they want to buy, not the way 
We want to sell to them, not the easiest way. And so that proximity piece is, is key because if we're not, if we're, we're doing it in a traditional way, we're doing a very, very innovative methodology in a traditional way, and that's not the way we're supposed to do it. Okay, good points. Uh, let's go around to Paul Slack. Paul, join us. Thoughts, please? Yeah, I think this is uh, an interesting topic, Tom, and, and certainly you've got to start with proximity because that's, um, that's how you're going to get connected. But, you know, one of the things that we say at Vendy all the time is, um, you know, people do business with people, right? And then people do business with people uh, that they like and, and that show that they care. And you, you have to, before you can lead with value, we have to lead with caring. And I think proximity gives us the opportunity to show that we care. But if we aren't caring and, and being real, as Sherelle's been talking about, um, we're never going to get to preference, right? Because I've got probably 8,000 connections on LinkedIn, uh, but mm-hmm. maybe just a very small percentage of those people do I actually um, know that they care about me and, and they know that I care about them. And we do have this uh, community, if you will, of helping one another um, with content, helping uh, one another with advice, whatever the case may be. And, uh, and that's really kind of how you get on that short list because, you know, buyers today, they're self-educating as much as they possibly can because they want to they formulate their own beliefs before they start engaging in a deep sales process. And so where are those buyers going to get that information in most cases to help them make these decisions? And it's going to be sourced from people that they know care about them. And that's why content is so important in what we do with social media and the way that we interact. You know, I feel like I'm a librarian. You know, I'm out looking and reading all the time, and if I find an interesting article, I'm going to share that with my community because I want to help them. And so I totally agree with what uh, Tom and Terrell are talking about. Thank you very much. You know what, Tom? In the interest of time, we've got about four minutes till we go to our predictions round. I'm going to scoot over to a comment rather than – I think we've we've covered this one. Something in Sherelle's notes, and I mentioned in the opening I wanted to talk about it. Sherelle says, if you're not using video in your digital selling – or, this is important, or if your di- video does not show who you are, how you speak, what your passions are, then your digital profile will perish. Those are harsh words, Sherelle. You have to explain this to us, please. What do you mean? I say that because of platforms like YouTube are out there. And those are powerful. That, that right there, just YouTube, just that one specific platform is a powerful reason that we have to use video marketing. You know, we know the numbers. We know video boosts conversions and sales, and there are tools out there that shows you how to make a cool animated video, and video shows great ROI. We know all of those things. But the thing that video does is that it builds trust, and trust is the foundation of conversions and sales. We've talked about we look at people, and we're in the proximity with people that we care about, and they know we care about them. They know... Um, we know they care about us, and so we have to be ignited by the trust factor and use that instead of, again, having the fear of rejection and what am I going to look like, what am I going to sound like. Video content is going to engage and ignite emotions. That's the way we're doing it now. That's the way it is. And people are spending, millennials are spending like 64 hours to 65 hours a week watching video content. That's the next generation of the workplace. So that's the reason why I was so curt and candid in my prediction because that's the way. Video does it all. 
Yep, video does it all, and and I will have to add that I think lively podcasts like the one we're having right now, where you're all real people, and we're not reading slides, and we're not reading scripts. Am I right, Sherelle? This is where we bring real people to the table, and that's where we we bring the authenticity. That's what we're talking about here, right? Am I covering all all of the P's, uh, Tom? We yep. covering all the P's here on radio and Sherelle? Don't we have them all in our yep. in our conversation? And we have proximity. We're reaching people around the world with with audio. We are, we have a presence. We're getting them presence, and hopefully, their preference is is for us to bring them information from real people. I think that's the specialty of Game Changers Radio. Thank you, Sherelle. Let's go around the table. I've got 60 seconds for each of you. I think we've already had a couple of predictive types of comments, but let's see what we can do for formally crystal ball. Paul Slack at Vindy Social, 60 seconds. Uh, If we were to meet again, I'm not even going to say to 2025. Let's say if we met again in the beginning of 2020, which is, I don't know, eight months away, five months away, six months away. I can't keep track. Paul Slack, what would be different about this conversation about is social selling dead, is cold calling dead, is email dead? What would you say? Well, I would say that uh, all of those communication platforms are still going to be very much alive. Um, I think that what we're going to see, though, is uh, more AI and uh, tools to come in to help us uh, engage uh, with a greater audience. You know, Tom mentioned earlier that one of the things that makes social media valuable is it's asynchronous. You know, you can talk to a lot of people with not a lot of effort. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what AI does and uh, even blockchain. I'm curious to see kind of where that goes with social selling. But at the end of the day, the fundamentals are always going to be there. And that is, you know, lead with caring. It's about relationships. It's about helping people. And technology is going to probably come around and just give us more ways to do that. Thank you very much. I like that very much. Let's move to Tom Martin at Converse Digital. Tom, what do you see in the crystal ball? Well, I want Paul to have to go second next time because he stole <laughs> mine. Uh, all right, Tom. So I, 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 do, I, I really do. I think one of the greatest uses of AI uh, from, from a social selling standpoint and selling in general is I, I think I'm hoping someone will develop a really good tool that will help me do a better job of remembering the key moments, important points, et cetera, about a person. Uh, because, uh, you know, something that can go out there and be, be, be really vacuuming up all those really important things, you know, how many kids do they have? Where are they? Doing all that social reconnaissance for me and, and bringing it back and reminding me and helping me to, to know, you know, this is important to that person. This is important so that, that I can be a little bit more present, maybe at scale in a way that I can't now because my meager brain just can't really hold and remember all of that. Uh, it might allow us and make it easier for us uh, to systematize, if you will, uh, that personification. And, and, and you know, hopefully over time, the, the habit, you'll get better at it. But I think that could be a really cool use of AI, and I think it would hopefully make social selling more effective, and then that hopefully would make uh, people less likely to cold call and, and spam and do all the stuff we've been railing on uh, the entire show. Thank you very much. And let's go to Sherelle Robinson-Brown. What do you see in the crystal ball in the near, very near-term future, Sherelle? Anything will change dramatically? Yeah, I don't think it's going to change dramatically. I think we're going to go on a sort of uh, plateau. I think all of the things you mentioned will still be around. But here's my prediction. There will be specific times when you'll have to use them. And if you don't, you will not have success. It's going to be sort of like an if-then scenario. If 
you know, certain criteria, then you can use a cold call. If you use it outside of that specific situation, it's going to be a total failure. If then, you know, for, you know, um, video. Video, is, I think there are going to be things that are a little bit more flexible, but for the old school cold calling and the emails, that stuff will kind of be, you know, phasing its way out. They'll still be around, but they're, they're on their way out of the door. Email will be used for specific situations. Outside of those situations, like, you know, reaching out to people when you really don't have information about them, it's going to be a total failure. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so there's a lot to look forward to. I hope the three of you will come back with me on the new show. We'll talk about the future of social selling. We'll talk about the future of everything because my new series starting June 5th right here in this 11 a.m. East Coast time slot, 8 a.m. Pacific, will be called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. I think you'll be in for a lot of interesting conversations. Slightly different format, but I'm looking forward to including social selling, digital selling as one of our Future of Now topics. So I hope that Paul Slack, Tom Martin, and Sherelle will come back and join me. So here's our call to action. We're almost a little bit early. Um, quick question. Paul Slack, Tom Martin, Sherelle Robinson-Brown. Should you, you have a, a different name on LinkedIn, I'm sorry, on Facebook for your professional Facebook profile than your personal? Two or one? Do you combine them? Can you, can you afford to do both under the same handle, Paul, yes or no? Um, I would say, you know, being an integrated person, you know, Facebook is about, um, you know, personal connections, and uh, while I don't talk about business uh, there very often, um, it's certainly, I wouldn't want to have two profiles. Now, Vindy has its own Facebook profile for sure, but me as a person, I'm just a person. I'm going to talk about the things that are interesting to me. Thank you. Tom Martin, one or two profiles on Facebook, personal and professional or combined? Uh, one. Uh, one profile, uh, if you want the ability to be able to segment some of your posts on Facebook. So if you're out drinking too much bourbon, that doesn't go to your business contacts. Uh, just utilize <laughs> Facebook. Uh, not, that, uh, that, uh, not that that's ever happened. Uh, of just course. utilize the Facebook uh, list feature and build, uh, you know, put everybody in a business list or a friend list. And if you decide, you. you know, that post isn't for the business folks, just tell the post not to show to those folks. And Thank you're you. Good to go. Sherelle, I only have time for a yes or no answer. One or two? Separate it. Okay. Thank you very much. That's another topic. I want to thank my three three guests. You're so good. The three of you, so smart, so savvy, so passionate about the topic. That's what we look here for, for here on Game Changers is people are passionate about what they're discussing. So I'm just going to do my shout out. Also, a thank you to the originator of this panel on our other series on digital selling, uh, AJ Arif at SAP and Kirsten Boylow, the sponsor of the series. So here's my call to action. Of course, shout out to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at at the Business Channel at World Talk Radio. So here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? It's going to be a heck of a ride if you know how to do digital selling. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Paul Slack at Vendy Social, just like Tom Martin at Converse Digital. Tom, I said it right the whole show this time. I did. And just like Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP, I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll talk to you soon on another Game Changers radio show. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign SAPRADIO. 
Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. We'll be right back. 